square fielder. He's gone to the dogs. Hello? Hello, is this the mayor's office there in Sardis, Mississippi? Uh, uh, no, sir. This is the assistant mayor. The mayor is out of town at this time. I see. But you're you're the the man what's in charge, right? Uh, yes, sir. But I don't think he told everybody that yet, but uh, <laughs> I am officially. Yes, sir. I got you. Well, somebody's been complaining about all them coon dogs barking down there, around there, and uh, wonder what y'all were going to do about it. Well, I, that have, would have to be my neighbor, Mr. Dan, uh, and, and I don't know what I'm going to have to do about it. I'm, I'm probably going to buy him some earmuffs. <laughs> I think that's what I, yeah. I that think. might work. <laughs> Morris Hardy, how are you doing, brother? It's good to talk am, to you. I'm doing good, Steve Fielder. How are you, buddy? Oh, man, I couldn't be better. I tell you what, it started getting a little bit cooler over here. And it, that's it got did. me stirring a little bit here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's been so hot. Night before last, I think I was sweating bullets. Mm-mm. It just got so hot. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, you're a little north of me, north and west. Uh, it takes me, ah, boy, I tell you, I don't know how many miles it is. I guess it's about 800 miles between my house and yours. I, yeah. I have no idea. I'm right here where they hold the UKC Winter Classic. I am nine miles north of it. That is right. I tell you, I've been through Sardis. Yeah. I've been to your place for sure. Yes, sir. Me and that rascal Nub and Moore are apt to show <laughs> up around there every once in a while. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I got to visit with you a little bit at Autumn Oaks, not nearly long enough. No, sir. You were there with your got- buddy Bob Osborne with the – Timber Creek, right? I was. I was. We was kind of busy, but I had a lot of good friends, old friends that come by to see me from up north that I haven't seen in years. Yes, sir, I did. Yeah, well, that's great. I did get to to venture out there one day there and visit a little bit with you and Bob and with Ronnie Stark and I don't know who else you might have had around there, but uh, I had a pretty good time at Autumn Oaks this year. Did you? It was yes, sir. It was good. Uh, it was really good to me. I got there a little bit later than Bob and them. They had already set up when we, when him, me, and his son-in-law got there. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a good day. It was good seeing all the old friends. It was really good. Well, that part's always good, Mars, for sure. And uh, I think that's why. Well, I know that's why I go anymore. You know, there was a time I had to go. <laughs> that was my yep. paycheck. But but uh, I yep. found out that uh, there's a whole lot less headaches when you go the way I do now. And that's just Nub and I usually roll in there on Thursday afternoon and uh, and just kind of kick back and enjoy ourselves. And that, that's what it's all about. Yes, sir. You know, I think I got go, there about the same time as you did. I got there okay. late Thursday afternoon. Right. Yep. Well, um, I don't know anything about the business of Autumn Oaks and how the vendors did this year and all. Did y'all stay pretty busy? We stayed fairly busy. Uh, I think we've had better years, but we've had better, worse places, too. Uh-huh. But uh, it was fair. 
Can't yeah. complain. Well, that's, that's complain. good. That's good. Well, I always, down through the years, you know, wanted to see the vendors do well. Because, right. man, I tell you what, I'll get up on my stump a little bit here, Mars. Uh, <laughs> those vendors provide a tremendous service to our sport. Where can you go and find, number one, find stuff that a coon hunter wants and needs? You can't go... You can't go to Walmart and find it. You can't go to Tractor Supply in most cases and find it. You know, the specialty things that we use, and of course, lights and all the equipment, electronic equipment and dog houses and leads that'll actually work. You know, if we had to use a lead, you go down and buy it PetSmart or something, it lasts about five minutes. So anyway, yeah, go ahead. What I like, I think I like most about the vendors, all of them being there, is information. If you've yeah. got a problem with something that, like a lot of people do, say problem with a headlight, mm-hmm. won't do this, won't do that, you can go to that supplier, and he will be there, and he'll explain all your problems to you. Yeah. Just like uh, there's a lot of people comes to Bob with their problems about the Garmin system, and Bob is, is pretty knowledgeable. I will have to hand it to him. He's about as knowledgeable as you will find. He's a sharp guy. He's problems. a sharp guy yeah. for sure. And so they help you with a lot of your problems. They do. Yeah. And compare your products also. Yes, sir. Right. Well, right there you've got the items you want without having to order them. Uh, you've got customer service right there. If you bought, I'm sure if someone bought a light from Bob, maybe at the yep. Winter Classic back in February and something wasn't just exactly right with it, but I'm sure Bob would look at it and tell the gentleman, you know, well, it needs this or that, or I can fix it, or maybe we have to take it back to the shop, but whatever, you know, and you get it right there, right now. Yes, sir. And you can you can also view all the new products that you see that's coming out. You'll see yeah. them on the internet, but you can't see them firsthand. That's but right. If you go to the hunt. You can view the new products firsthand. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, you go in yes, Walmart, sir. you can't even find somebody to check out your groceries <laughs> or your or right. whatever or your Copenhagen. You know, you just yes, sir. Not that I use Copenhagen. My dad yep. <laughs> used to say he never found a place dirty enough to put that stuff. That's what my dad said. And now oh. I've just offended half of my listeners <laughs> across the country because coon hunters like to dip a little bit. A lot of them do. Yeah, they uh, do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, let me, let, yeah. let me tell you the highlight of part of it. My old buddy, Ed Bates, oh, from my goodness. Ohio. I broke the news to him while we were there. I still had the, I guess you call it the brochure from 1979 when Hard Time Spec won the world hunt. I had all that brochure with every dog entered in the ACHA world hunt, the handlers and the owners, and the scores that they scored during oh, that hunt. Oh, my goodness. And you- I had all the cast winners, the elimination, everything in this brochure. I sent that to Ed Bates and for him to keepsake and he was so proud of that he gave it to his son Scott for a keepsake uh, item. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah man that's awesome. That yep. that is awesome. You know yep. Morris one of the highlights of my uh, experience over the years 
uh, and it might sound a little unusual, but I did work for three different registries, and the last one being AKC. But when AKC bought out the ACHA uh, registry uh, from Clover right. Stanfield and Harold Sisson back in the day there, they got all of the registration records of ACHA, the hard records, the hard files. Yes, I yes, Part of my responsibility was to pay the rent every year. When I, while I was at AKC, on the warehouse space that housed those records. And I went hmm. down to the warehouse and opened those boxes and looked at all those files and looked back and saw those hard time specs and those that uh, Merchant's Bali and uh, all those different dogs that had, uh, you know, won the ACHA World Hunt or were, in fact, registered with ACHA. That is a piece of history that AKC now owns it, and I don't know what they've done with it since then. Uh, since, you know, I haven't been there since uh, about 2010, 2011. But uh, yes. that, was a, that was a real rush for me to be able to look back and, uh, and see all those, those re- registration that, records. Yes, sir. That was great. That was a good idea. Yes, sir. Yeah. It was good to see those. Yeah. Yes. Well, Ed, was, uh, was Ed at Autumn Oaks this year? Yes, sir, he was. Oh, he, I didn't uh, get he, to see him. They were. Uh, I don't think they fared a lot. Uh, they won a cast or two. Uh, he has a English female mm-hmm. red tick. Um, yeah. I forget what the dog's name is, but I think Scott was handling it for him. Yes, sir. Well, we can remind the listeners here that may not know it. Ed Bates uh, was probably best known for that the dog Hard Time Speck. And the interesting thing about Speck was that he was an English dog, made Grand Knight champion, and then, well, no, he was first a Walker dog and made Grand Knight champion in UKC. And back during that time, after the Walkers split out from the English breed, and so did the Blue Ticks, uh, UKC permitted... uh, the transfer back into the English breed uh, by dog uh, for dogs that maybe tended to meet the English standard better than they yes, did either they the did. Walker or the Blue Tick, and of course, true to his name, Speck had some ticks on him, and he threw and he threw Specked up puppies, the puppies that he threw. Calvin Hayes, Ed Bates' longtime, longtime friend. There from Ohio, Mount Orb, bought Speck from, I don't know the guy's name, but I think he came out of Kentucky, and Calvin bought him, and then he sold him to Ed. And uh, that's where the hard time line comes in. Well, I grabbed a sip of coffee on you there, uh, Mars, <laughs> okay. but uh, got a little tick there in my throat. But yes, absolutely. So Ed then transferred... Uh, either Calvin or Ed did. I don't know which one did it, but they transferred Speck back into the English breed, and he made Grand Knight champion again. So, yes. uh, I, go ahead. 
everything seemed like the speck the puppies that he threw would be ticked up like an English dog because he was ticked up. Uh, I owned a puppy out of him, I think, before they transferred him to English. I had a pup out of him. It was looked like an English dog. It made a good dog. Yeah. It did. Yeah. Well, that was the one thing that always kind of impressed me, uh, and and not to criticize the other breeds. No. But the English people always, they were pretty much, they didn't care what color they were, whether they were ticked or spotted or, or blue ticked or red ticked or whatever. They did say no Brindor, no solid color dogs, but they yes, weren't sir. as strict on color as the other breeds were. And I think because of that, it it enabled them to concentrate more on what the dog was capable of doing in the, in the woods without worrying so much about those things. You I know? think you are right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, but that's in in reality. In reality, that was a lot of crossbreed crossbred dogs, if you want to call it that. Walker and English, but that that mm-hmm. that made some awful good hounds when they started breeding spec. These good English dogs. Uh, I yeah. think the female had a lot to do with it, uh, but they 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 came out with some really good dogs out of that climb. Oh, I'm I'm sure they did, and I can remember some. And you know, back in the day, the English breed has always been pretty strong. You know, of course, being the foundation breed for the Walker and the Blue Tick. But I think of so many of those really strong uh, dogs that were back there. Boyd's Little Joe. Uh, you know, I think of him, uh, an English dog there. Uh, I yes. think of Dickie's um, junior dog, uh, R.F. Dickey over in Alabama. Which yes, sir. That was a Walker and Red Tick Cross dog. Right. There. Yes. You know, so being able to have that more flexibility in their stud files, I think, and, and a little more levity, uh, you know, uh, uh, a little more tolerance, I guess, for different colors uh, really helped the English breed, I believe. I think it did. I really yeah. do. Yeah. I think it helped them. Yes, sir. I really do. Well, speaking I, of that, let's before we get too carried away here, I want to tell, I don't imagine there's any coon hunter that's been around very long that hasn't heard of you, Morris, but let's do a little bit of background on Morris Hardy. You were born there in Sardis, Mississippi? Or, no, sir. Or where? Tell me. I'm, a, I'm a Delta. I'm a Delta rat. I was transferred from the Delta, and some of them call me a river rat because I was raised right <laughs> close to the Mississippi River. I yes. got you. I got you. You didn't see yes, Mark sir. Twain come down through there on the steamboat, well, did you? When you I, my eyesight wasn't good enough to see, recognize him. I didn't really know who that was when he came down. No, sir. <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you. All right. So, what town were you born in? I was born in a in out in the country near a small town called Alligator, Mississippi. Yeah. That's probably twelve fifteen miles south of Clarksdale. Actually born yep. in Alligator, Mississippi. Al- Alligator, Mississippi. Yes, sir. That was my address. Yes, sir. <laughs> Maybe that explains him dogs you hunt. <laughs> that, might, that might be my problem. <laughs> nah, I'm kidding with you on that. I've never seen a grunt out of anything you've been handling. But yep. no, that's well, that's interesting. What year? Uh, Morris, you just had a birthday. Was it yesterday or day before? 
the 30th of September. I was born in 1944, and I'm working on my last year of the 70s. The next one will be the big 80 mark. Okay, well, you got me by just a little bit. You're yeah. you're about two, <laughs> not quite um, two years older than I am. But uh, yes. I wish I got around like you. You get around through the woods a whole lot better than I do I'll, anymore. Well, I thought I did until a few nights ago, and my buddy he just just ahead of me pretty good on some of these dish banks that we are on. Yes, I got sir. you. You're talking about that Mississippi, Randy Smith. <laughs> Yeah, that, that old boy hunts the black dogs. That's yep, right. Randy Smith. Well, I've got another yep. friend in Pennsylvania named Randy Smith, so I always have to kind of design- uh, differentiate between the two yeah. of them, you know. <laughs> Both of them are hard I coon do. hunters, I tell you, and yes, uh, it must go along with the name. I don't know, but... Uh, Maybe. Uh, well, uh, so anyway, I'm going to get into what we always enjoy every year and that's our upcoming trip to white river but i uh i want to know about this experience that you have i know you've been coon hunting a long time did that start when you were a kid well i i did i I didn't own a dog when i was a teenager but i had heard dogs treed when i was at my deer camp at night and i'd get up and go check them with a flashlight and wait on the owners to get there and talk to them then I think my first coon hound, I traded two beagles for a black and tan female. And that, that was back, I guess I was about 20 years old. And that's when it started off. So you go yep. back a ways with the black and tans then? Yes, sir. Well, that that was my first dog was a black and tan grade female that I traded two beagle deer dogs for. Yes, sir. Be. Well, you know, I, of course, associate you with the English breed two ways, I think. Yes. Number one, I know that yes. you've been longtime friends with Ed yeah. and Calvin yeah. and those guys. And, of course, you know, you, you don't associate Ed Bates with anything but an English dog, or at least I don't. Yes, uh, but yes. um, then your buddy, as you mentioned there, Randy Smith, has been – pretty much the black and tan man all along the way, hasn't he? Well, now he, he started out with some English dogs also. Okay. Uh, I know he started out, one of the English dogs he had was uh, kind of liked the tree a little bit too much, and he got rid of him, and he went through several. Then he went to some walker dogs, hmm. and he hunted walker dogs for a while. And then I don't know how he, how when, but uh, he got off. I think, I think Mr. Tam... Mr. Tam Young might have something to do with him getting in that black so. dog business. Mm-hmm. I think so. Well, you know, mm-hmm. about the time I became friends with Randy uh, was when, you know, we were going to White River, right? Nubbin Moore's responsible yeah. for taking me over there the first time. And then Randy came along shortly thereafter. And uh, I don't think I, well, I probably did hunt with He had that good female name, Moon Pie Sally. And yeah. uh, she placed, I believe, eighth in the world hunt one year, didn't she? Yeah, I think so. He's yeah. he still got her. I think she's eleven years old now. I got but you. He's still, yeah. yeah, yeah. He still got her. Well, she would have been yeah. a young dog then, you know, mm, back he then. Was. But that rascal always shows up camp with a coon dog, and uh, <laughs> you, if you see how he goes at it, you know that. Uh, why he's got a coon dog, but I believe you're just about as bad to go to the woods as <laughs> I don't he know. is. We 
we can go through a bunch of them. Uh, you just got to go through them to get to find something that suits you. And that's the way Randy also. He goes through a lot. But he hunts, he's, he's about 11, 12 years younger than me. But he's hunting about every night. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, you can, there's no substitute for hunting them, is it? No, is there, I'll, uh, I'll no. agree. I yeah, will agree with that. Sure. For yep. sure. And I haven't been guilty of that now for several yep. years. There was a day that I would have said, yeah, I'm I'm doing my dogs justice. But now, maybe that's why, you know, I've kind of had some uh, – we're in that going through stage you know, uh, with some of these, <laughs> yes. especially these walkers. But um, got another one now, I guess. Hopefully she'll last long enough that we can break her out at White River. <laughs> Maybe she'll do something. But she jury's still out on her, too. So. Yes. But, um, yes. well, so anyway, you grew out, grew up in the country there in Alligator, Mississippi. What ca- uh, county is yes, that? Sir. Uh, I'd be Bolivar County. Bolivar. Then I, I moved from then I moved from Alligator to a sawmill community, a little community called Sherrod, Mississippi, which is west of Clarksdale, about seven miles, right near the Mississippi River Levee. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can see the levee from my house, and that's where I finished my growing up right there. Uh, hunted the hardwoods behind the levee about all my life. Yes. I'll be, and people who've never been to that part of the country. Uh, don't understand what that means to hunt, you know, behind the levee or, uh, you know, that's all river bottom country, tabletop flat, uh, yes, rich black gumbo <laughs> mud. Yes, sir, it is. <laughs> and big uh, timber and lots of timber. timber. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You can hunt all night over there, but this. Most of it's bought up now to big hunting clubs, and you pretty well got to be up in the money to belong to one of the hunting clubs. Yeah, uh, I was into one over there, the cheapest one around that I we had. I think we had about seventy five hundred acres in it when I got out of it because they cut it all over. We had just purchased it, and uh, they cut that thing over, and you couldn't coon on it. So I just sold my membership and got out. And I think now the membership is the cheapest one around is about. Forty-five thousand just to get in it. I think that's right, and then it'll probably go from there to half a million up north of there to get in hunting clubs. My goodness gracious! That well, it it. I guess we're going back all the way back to when the colonists came to this country. One of the reasons I think was to be able to hunt <laughs> because yes, they couldn't in England, but it was a rich man's game, and it seems like it's getting back to that. More and more all the time, isn't it? Yes, sir. It is. There, you're 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 losing your hunting territory. Uh, I've lost. I like four of my places right here, close to my house, and I had. I've lost four of them spots in the last two three years. Mm. Just right here at the house. Yes, sir. Boy, that's a shame. Mm. That's a shame. It's such a beautiful part of the country. Uh, you know, yes, I had not spend any time in mississippi just a little bit up around corinth and up that way uh when we were i was with pkc we uh had the super stakes up there at selmer tennessee and and uh, i think it's selmer supper uh yeah and and i've been up in that northern part 
a little bit, but Mississippi's an interesting place for sure. And I was just doing some uh, looking around. I kind of like music. I like to listen to music and, and just about all kinds. But I was looking the other day, and I saw a uh, clip on Facebook of Levon Helm. Does that name ring a bell to you? No, no, it don't. Not right off. Okay, no, sir. he was a drummer and lead singer for a group called the Band. No, I, I remember that. I, I remember that group. And no, do you know where he was born? No, sir. We're going to jump right across the river over <laughs> where we hunt every fall, Elaine, right? Arkansas. Elaine, Arkansas. <laughs> I thought, how well, in the world did they ever find him in Elaine, Arkansas? Well, if you if you would think back, the great man that sang a lot of good country songs, oh, the yeah. great man that passed away, Mr. Charlie Price. Absolutely. I am, six, I am 16 miles from his hometown of Sledge, Mississippi. I think of Charlie every time I go when Nubbin and I drive I, I through know. Sledge yes, on the sir. way over to the White River. I think of Charlie Pride. What a great yes, singer sir. he was, man! Oh man, at Cotton yes, Pick in Mississippi Delta town. Yes, that's exactly, <laughs> and that's what it is. That's uh, you it's know, about, I think thirteen miles from me. If you go west on three fifteen, you'll fall right out of the hills, right out into the Delta, and it's just as Glad is your kitchen floor then. Yes, sir. Boy, it is, and it brings to, to yes. life those lyrics or those songs about the Delta, you know. And, yes. And you go back to old Johnny Cash, you know, he sang about the Delta. And, of course, yes, Elvis sir. Presley, we go through Tupelo on the way to on that trip too, you know, and old, uh, old Elvis comes to mind. So there's a lot of famous people from around that part of the world. Uh, it is. You know. And uh, William Faulkner is a writer, uh, a well-known writer that I enjoy reading so much. Yeah, and he he's from, you know, his stories are all about up there in northern Mississippi and hunting the big woods. Yeah. That used to be big timber country in there, I guess, years ago. They did. Uh, it, was, it was such big, it was big, big timber. They started clearing and cutting and. It's just little patches, and I think that's what's happening to some of your competition hunts, that they're dwindling down from a two, well, they used to be three hours. Yeah. You, oh, yeah. You, it's hard to find a place to hunt two hours now. See? Yeah. Yeah, it they're is. cutting down to the uh, to the 90-minute hunt and then the yeah. one-hour hunt. I can remember, and people ask me this a lot of times, why don't I get John Wick on the podcast? And, man, I would love to. But John's health has just not been conducive to to doing that. And But what an impact he has been on our sport, you know. But uh, uh, he was one that didn't like the idea of cutting the hunts from three hours back to two. Yes. He said, if you're a yes. coon hunter, you ought to want them to be four instead of three. <laughs> <laughs> if you had the room, if you had the room to hunt, yeah. that might not be bad. That's it. If you had the, the room and the yes, support, you know, you got to yes, keep sir. that guy out there half the night or all yes. night. I learned that at the world hunt years ago when we started it on Wednesday and, 
and those guides and all had to work the next morning, and they still do that at the at the PKC World Hunt, I'm sure, and to a lesser degree yes. at the UKC. We just don't appreciate those guys that that stay up all night, or, or you know, so that we can get out there and and yes. have a good time. And can't say enough about that. Well, when did you uh, get your own dogs and kind of strike Ooh. out as a as a coon hunter? I guess about then, uh, about when I was 20 years old, I started that, getting my own dogs. Uh, when I got the black dog, then it, I don't even remember the first other dogs that I owned after that. Uh, but I, like I said, I had really good places to hunt back then. Uh, it wasn't like it is now. It wasn't too much private land. So you could just hunt anywhere you wanted to. Now they've got lock gates, fences up. And the deer hunters and turkey hunters, they... They kind of showing you a little bit, but that's that's up to them. But um, <laughs> well, I hunted a few of the hunts when I was younger. I hunted some hunts a good bit, but I I can't keep up with them now. Um, I hunted well. I live near a little old town called Tunica, Mississippi. Yeah, and a good friend of mine named Hal Hamrick. He was a farmer there, named mm-hmm. Blondie. He he didn't have to farm during the winter, and he would hunt all night. And I would get home. When I was younger, I would get home in time to take a bath and rest for about 30 minutes and go straight to work. Yes, sir. I've done that several times with Hal Hammer, <laughs> riding horses, a mute. I remember that name, seeing his name in the magazines and so forth. Yeah. yeah. He was yeah. a hard hunter. Hal was a hard well, hunter in the winter. He farmed in the summer. Yes, sir. Well, there was another uh, coon hunter of note from generally that part of the world, I believe, and that was T.C. Jones, the blue tip T.C. Jones, duck. yeah, he was down south of me. He's a hillbilly also. He was at Duck Hill, Mississippi. I Way down you. 55 south of me. Yes, sir. Did you ever hunt with T.C.? I have. I've hunted with him, and I've hunted in competition hunts with him. I got you. Yeah. yeah. I've watched T.C. throw his hat on the ground several times and holler, Judge, if you're going to let me show you that coon, you got to stay with me. <laughs> Stay right here in my back pocket, huh? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, TC said, TC Jones when the hunt that night, he said, Judge, here he is, here he is. And the judge would come over, and TC said, He ain't looking now. So TC <laughs> would walk to another place. Here he is, Judge, here he is. The judge would come over, he said, He's not looking now. <laughs> In the minute T.C. threw his hat on the ground, he said, Judge, if you're going to let me show you this coon, you got to stay with me now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that judge was hanging tough, though, wasn't he? He was oh, going to yes, buy it. It. <laughs> it, was all, it was all good. I was all good. good, yeah. Yep. So many good times, right? Oh, got yeah. so many good times. Them old days. Yes, sir. Well, we tend to say about these coon dogs, the deader the better. Did you have one from back there in the old days that you really liked or you really remember more than I the did. rest? I've had a couple, two or three, two or three outstanding as all the dogs I've been through. I bought a dog from Hal Hamrick's buddy, a walker female. Her name was Shu, and she was narrow-chested. She could run through a cane break. I don't even think she'd make a racket. <laughs> she was no chicken breast. But she was a coon treeing machine. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Uh, Crowd and Billy. Yeah. Crowd and Billy on one end and Gans Finisher on the other. Well, yep. she had the credentials there, both world champions. She had the credentials. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. Well, Crowd and Billy I, I, I from gave, uh, Arkansas. I gave a big prize for Yeah. 
I gave a big price for old shoe when I bought that dog. That dog cost me three hundred dollars. Wow, man, that's a big <laughs> buck, isn't it? That's the big buck. Yes, sir. Well, you got there, uh, Buddy Gilbert over in Arkansas with Crowd and Billy, and then you got uh, yes, uh, Pride Gann over in Pride Alabama Gann. with uh, yes, with Finisher. Or no Finisher. Yes. Yeah, and Pride also owned the Bean Blossom Buck Dog yes. that was a world yeah, he champion. Did. Man, those guys were the stars back in the day, weren't they? Back in the day, yes, sir, they were. Yeah. Yeah, I met Be- Buddy. I don't think I ever met uh, Pride Gann. But I did uh, met meet Buddy and talked to him several times. You yeah. know, Buddy Gilbert finally got over into an English dog. Uh, oh yeah, because I got some friends here that handled for him. Yes, hmm, okay. he did. I forgot the name of the English dog that Buddy had, but he owned a good English dog at one time. Oh, yes. he, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's interesting to know. Well, so you got old shoe. Who else made the the honor roll? Uh, I've had some of that Ed Bates stuff from up north oh, yeah. that was good dogs, uh, really good dogs. Um, I can't. I, I have a dog named Shot that, that was a good dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, an English dog. He looked a lot Walker dog, but his name was Shot, and uh, I liked that dog. He was a yeah. good. He was a good hound. Well, but back then, this was in the age before you even knew how to treat a dog for heartworms and. We were kind of mm-hmm. ignorant to the fact on the prevention, and yeah. so heartworms killed a lot of our dogs. Yes, sir. Oh, I bet so there in, in that uh, deep south country you have some mosquitoes. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Where I was at in the Delta, yes, sir, they were terrible. Yeah. Yes, sir, they were bad. Mm-hmm. Well, they I were got bad. I get you. Well, we talked about him a little bit, and he's not here to defend himself, but how did you and Ed Bates get to be uh, friends? With uh, a friend of mine that passed away in 07 was Carl Ward. He introduced me to Ed Bates. And how Carl met him may have been in a hunt somewhere. But Ed had wanted to come down and come south hunting. And uh, that's, that's how I got to know Ed. I had a deer camp at behind the living, those big woods over there. We had, at that time, that club was about 9,500 acres. And Ed would come down a couple of times a year. He and Calvin Hayes and he would bring Scott with him or bring somebody else down hunt with him. And uh, he'd come down every year and hunt with me a couple of times in the wintertime. And well, that's how I got to know him. Yeah, you mentioned Scott. I noticed online I didn't get to go to the UKC World Hunt this year, but apparently Scott, uh, Ed's son, uh, spoke to the group there, and, and they, uh, there was a lot of good reviews about uh, what he had to say. I remember Scott from my PKC days. He was very much yeah. involved in, mm-hmm. in PKC at that time, and really a great guy. And uh, Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i going to have to go back and listen to that uh, talk that, that he gave That's there at, at the World Hunt in Ohio. Well, uh, you couldn't talk coon hunting uh, without the mention of Ed Bates back in the uh, early right. 80s, yeah. uh, maybe the late 70s. Uh, 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 anyway, uh, I remember Ed being uh, such a, a leader within the English Association, especially uh when any kind of a, a proposal or whatever came on the floor at English days, you know, Ed would be in yes, the sir. thick of the battle, <laughs> yes. you know, and he had his 
views and his positions, and he represented them uh, very well. So, but anyway, that's that's great to see yeah. that Ed yeah. and guys yeah. like you and uh, yeah. are still kicking and still enjoying yeah. the sport and all you know because uh, it is a Ed, young man's game for the most part. Ed was responsible for it. a bunch of these young guys that started coon hunting. I think he was uh, uh, Greg Maynard. Yeah, you, everybody knows Greg Maynard if you coon hunt. Oh uh, yeah, I with pro, Greg, the pro Ed, sport. He brought he he brought Greg Maynard down to the Delta to hunt with me, and Greg was a real young guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Scott, this 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 hunts the other Walker dogs. He came down to hunt with Ed one time, a couple, uh, and that's how I met him. Was that Scott Faulkner? No, uh, that hunts the Walker dogs up. Up in not near Ed and them. Uh, I got this CRS. I can't. Ah, I got it bad. I got it bad, <laughs> Morris. Yeah. Well, uh, at any rate, I always get in trouble when I start naming names, but uh, I forgot. I for those of yeah. uh, my listeners that listened last week, I yeah. struggled to come up with the name of a fellow from Kentucky uh, that was Wayne Cottle's buddy, and they did a lot of lobbying for houndsmen and all. And we called him Red, and I couldn't think of his name on on the recording to save me. And uh, Eric Bowling from Kentucky contacted me today and said, I believe you meant Red Caldwell. And I said, yes, absolutely. I did. Uh, his name was James and he was, he and Wayne did a lot of lobbying for the houndsmen there in Kentucky. But at our age, uh, Morris, we're allowed that, you know, that, that yeah. uh, CRS, that kind of, that's yeah. a, wear it like a badge of honor. You know, <laughs> I think so. Yes. Well, you have no choice, really. Well, that's you have true. no choice. <laughs> that is true. Well, well, I don't know which way to go here. I want to talk a little bit about our uh, upcoming White River trip, which is something that we all look forward to every yeah. year. And uh, I know I particularly look forward to you and Randy when you get off there yeah. by yourself in the kitchen. Right. There's always some <laughs> awesome stuff that comes out of that little deal there. But uh, how long have you been coming over, Morris? Do you remember? Uh, I don't know. Randy is the one that invited me to come over, so I've not been going as long as he has. Right, right. Yeah, Randy mentioned it to me to come. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I can't tell, I couldn't tell you. Well, our you, group, I don't know how many years. Yeah, our group's evolved a little bit. The, the first year yeah. I was invited over was 2009, but it, the water got up that year, and we didn't get to go. Uh, Nubbin yeah. had, had asked me two or three times. He said, you need to go uh, come out to Arkansas with me. And I said, well, I want to. That sounds great. But uh, 2010 was my first year, and when I – First got there at camp, Mr. Uh, Fred Sanders was still in camp, and Kenneth Rains from up around Mississippi, uh, by Memphis I, I there, yes, and, uh, yes. and of course, uh, Gary Hayes, Frog Hayes, mm-hmm. and that was yes. kind of our group at that time, and then I think Randy was the next one to join us, and uh, he came Maybe a year or two before you came along with him, I believe. I think so. Yes, yeah. sir. He did. Yeah, he did. Well, and then, but at any rate, I've already we've got uh, we've got most of our groceries stashed up already. <laughs> the, the crappie, 
We're coming up in November. Oh, I've got boy. them well taken care of. Yes, sir. Man, I tell you what, Morris, I'm not trying to <laughs> blow your head up here, buddy, but now that is some fine eating as I've ever had in yeah. my life. And uh, there's been a few that have slipped in and and sampled yeah. that. And Murray Reagan from up Murray, around yeah. Jackson, Tennessee, he – he sneaked in there a time or two for the fish fries. And, Good guy, I like oh, him. Oh yeah, I like absolutely. Yes, but man, well, we'll cook enough. We're gonna cook enough for, for the guests if they pop in unexpected. We'll have enough. We got to work on the frog legs a little bit. They're coming along. <laughs> well, that's something you added. At first, it was the crappie and the hush puppies yeah. and the fries yeah. and the yeah. coleslaw. Yes, sir. Man, oh, we got an old saying back in West Virginia that'll make you smack your granny, you know. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, boy, the, the it's coon good. Brought the frog legs in the first year the coon hunting did because Randy and I were coon hunting in a duck pond that was drying up, and there was so many bullfrogs in that duck pond drying up that we put our dogs in the dog box, and I started catching frogs with bare hands. <laughs> And Randy would cut the legs off of them for me and put them in a sack. And that's how that got started. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I tell you, they are fine. They are. Yes. Yeah. And we don't we don't usually have any trouble with getting getting hungry at camp, do we? No, 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 no. <laughs> Come supper time. Everybody's hungry. Yes. That's right. Yeah. That's right. What a yeah. great time. I just enjoy that yeah. so much. And. And I'm getting, uh, you know, I'm getting older, and it's getting tougher every year making those long walks to those dogs. Thank goodness we got the got yeah. the four wheelers and the side by sides yeah. and all. But uh, it's it's not about that killing coons. It's about just getting together, isn't it? The camaraderie, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I enjoy the fellowship, just having a good time, yes, sir. Yeah, I don't have to kill a bunch of coons. I don't. I don't. But that's each his own. Well, yep. that's me too. And I, you know, when I was a young man, I probably wanted to be like Ted Nugent, want to whack them and yep. stack them, you know. <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, old Nubbin, he kind of keeps count for us. I think he's still got a little bit of that in him. He kind of likes to count the <laughs> coons. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, yeah. He's but, looking forward to it. I talked yeah. to him a good bit. So. He's still looking forward to it, also. Yeah, Nubbin yes. is tough. He's, I think, Nubbin's maybe eighty-two now. And I think so. I think, yeah, yeah I think he's got two or three years old. And yeah. he's had some serious hip uh, reconstruction surgery yeah. and all that, but uh, he's still out there, buddy. And he's uh, he's going to go to those trees if he can. Uh, yes. He and I kind of prop each other up a little bit and try to encourage each other. <laughs> He he yeah. told me last year uh, we were around there by Kansas Lake or something, and it was we had to go down over the hill a little bit there to the dog's treat, and coming back up, it was a bit of a struggle. And he said, "I gotta quit this stuff," and I said, "No, you ain't gonna quit. <laughs> Just get your butt on back up there to that side by side. You'll be all right." Yeah, you might slow down a little bit, but I ain't no use of quitting. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. I'll go till I can't. I guess. See? Yeah. I just it's me. I won't hunt as much or as long every night as I used to, but I still want to go. Well, yeah. that's it. Old Toby Keith kind of did that yeah. song. You yeah. know, I'm I'm, I'm not yeah. as good as I once was, but I'm good once as I ever was. <laughs> and, uh, oh, uh, 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 
Yeah, it's uh, speaking of Toby, you know, he's been fighting a battle with stomach cancer, and I saw I know a recording, I it, a video of him singing this, Don't Let the Old Man In. And it kind of yeah. hit home to me, too. You know, we, we can't let that old man in. Uh, that, you know, uh, if not, we'll, we'll have to quit. We'll have, you know, that'll be the end of the game. So we got to keep on g- keeping on, yeah. you know. I've got a couple of friends that's got that age, and they had to sell out and quit. And sometimes I worry about that, uh, how, what, what day it's going to be, but we never know. So that's we it. just got to keep on. We got to keep on as long as we can. Yeah, it kind of sneaks up on you. At least it did me. It does. You know, it seemed yeah. to me like I was coasting along just fine. Yeah. I had to laugh the other day when PKC uh, uh, announced this Seniors World Hunt. And they said, well, the entry age, you got to be at least 60 years old. I said, 60 years old? I could walk with any man when I was 60 I, years I know. old. You're right. You're That's, right. I got yeah. that by 17 years, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got one play like me that I had four or five years ago. And just this year, I had a little back problem. So they had to do a little back surgery on me. They corrected that. So other All than right. that, I'm good to go. Good to go, good to go, man. That's, yes, that sounds good. good. To go. yes, well, sir. when we were talking yes. about good dogs a while ago, and we talked a little bit yes, about sir. crossbreds and all, we yes. got to talk about Skeeter. Now, that's been a good <laughs> one. Uh, jam oh, up, a good, good one. Yes, she's, she has. She's 11 years old. Yes, sir. T- tell me about Skeeter, how, how you got her, and, and what's her story? I, I bought her sight unseen because of her breeding. Uh, she's a tequila sunrise one way and a Michigan swamp rooster the other way. I bought her from a boy in Louisiana named Jared Malte. Uh, he used to coon hard hard. Jared did. Uh, I guess I'm saying his name right. I see him all the time at the hunt. You haven't seen him lately, but he's down in Louisiana. Yeah. And and I, I bought old Skeeter from him sight unseen as a female and and they were, she was delivered to me to the PKC Winter Classic at Louisville, Mississippi. And then I brought her home from there. I think, I think she was three months old when I got her. Mm. But, I didn't uh, realize you'd yeah. had her that long. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, beautiful uh, well, she's hound. She's eleven years old. She's eleven now. Yeah. She's a beautiful hound, red and white spot, white red, and red white. spot, yeah. and a coon a, dog. Accurate good, coon dog. Good accurate coon dog. Yep. Yes, sir. Good. I got another one that's taking her place right now. I think that's a two-year-old. She is, and she's been going pretty strong for me. Is that uh, Tootie? She, old Tootie is a walker dog. Looks like a walker, kicked-up walker dog. Yeah. Uh, she came from the war between Lewis, uh, out from Knoxville, Tennessee. And I do not recall what the female is, but she's out of us. Uh, 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 river, river Swamp Crow Dog. And I think he's in Georgia. I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. that's what she's out of. I bought her sight unseen. Yeah. Met him in, met him in Huntsville, Alabama with this pup, this boy. Well, and you're I, having, I uh, you, you've got a, a knack or a gift <laughs> for picking mm. these nice pups, you know, and uh, uh, that it, in today's world out there, there's a lot of dogs, a lot of pups for sale, and they're not cheap anymore. Not uh, not cheap anymore. Uh, no, and mm-hmm. uh, but 
you know, getting one, like you said earlier, that suits you. You know, that's the key. Uh, we do this for fun, you know. But well, yeah. We do it because we love it, and we do it because it's in our blood, I believe. But uh, anyway, but we got to have one that suits us. If not, we're not going to be happy. Right. That's right. Yeah. It can tree coons. It can tree coons. It can run a track and do this. But it's got to have that little knack that you like. Yeah. Yeah. And not every man, every man don't look at a dog the same. I know that. What's good to one man may not be good to another. Yeah. That, to me, is it to each his own. Yes, sir. Well, any tips that you can share with the, with the listeners about how you start a pup like Tootie or, or how you started Skeeter or, or some of these good dogs that you've shown up with? You just, yeah, some of them, my buddy over at, over here, Sarah, he's got probably better at Randy starting pups than I am. Now, used to seem like everything I would get my hands on, Steve with tree coons, I could get them going. But now I try to put me a couple of feeders out, uh, start a pup with a drag, you know, maybe a, a, a young coon, and bring him home and drag him, let him play with him. Then, uh, then I may make a drag out of a fresh coon from the pup to tree or something. Then I'll catch me one or two in a live trap. Turn loose here behind the house and see if they'll run it and tree it and just go from there. Yeah. Once but they do exposure. run and run and tree that that live coon, then that's when you start hunting them. Do you hunt them by themselves yeah. or with another dog usually? With another dog. With I think yeah. Uh I think Rand, me and Randy Smith and Mike Crockett was yeah. hunting uh riding horses one night in some big woods the first night that O two D tree the coon. And she treated by herself, split treat out from the other other dogs, mm-hmm. and that I think she was about eight months old when she did that. Mm-hmm. So I ain't I ain't been lucky enough to have one of them four or five month old pups that just just treating every night, but they there. Some of them have them. They well, do. they are. You know, we've got a yeah. pup now. We picked up a my buddy who will uh, be coming out with me this year, uh, named mm-hmm. Keston Jesse. You met Keston there yeah. at Autumn Oaks. Uh, yes, I met Keston. I did. Keston's got a real nice dog that he got from Randy Smith. It's out of the, uh, a power pack bred uh, dog of of uh, uh, Shane Burden's up in Kentucky. Yeah. But, but mm-hmm. anyway, uh, we've got a puppy here that we're going to uh, – we just picked her up uh, – and uh, she is has a litter mate in Missouri that is, uh, this dog is now, well, of course, they've slipped past seven months old now. But I've been watching these videos on Facebook, and this, this sister uh, has been tree and coons right on and acting like yeah. an old dog. And so yeah. there there are some out there like that. But I think the danger is, is guys get to thinking they all should be that way. And, That's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, well, as that, I, I so said, I want patience. I want, yeah. I want it right now. Uh, what do you think about it? I said our breeding, to me, to me our, these days, our breeding is, is better. Our genetics is a little bit better. Uh, as far as tree dogs, I don't know about track dogs mm-hmm. because to me there's a big difference than a track dog yeah. and a tree dog, Yeah, I think. But um, I think the genetics of the tree dogs are a lot better today. Oh, and, I think and we so. And we learn new ways to 
to start a pump nowadays than what we did. Um, when I was younger, you never saw anybody catch a coon in a trap to release it to a pup. You just hunted it with an old dog. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and didn't many people hunt a dog by themselves? No, that's true. That's true. I, you know, and I, I began as I got older and started messing with the night hunts a little bit and all. I got to liking that dog that got off to itself, you know. Yeah, but that I wasn't the way our dogs were. They were, you know, and I and my buddies from Virginia would come to Michigan every year to hunt with me. They loved the dogs to pack up. They didn't want them to be yeah. scattered around all over the country. Yeah. They wanted them to be together, and and they were. They were guys that just really enjoyed coon hunting and enjoyed listening to the dogs right. and seeing a coon up a tree. And it was fine with them for them all to be right there together in a wad, you yeah. know. Uh, me, I've always been a little more competitive than that. And, you know, and I'd always try to listen to see which dog was out front on a race and, you know, which one hit that tree the first and, and all. But... Uh, I don't know. We're all different. We all have different likes, and uh, right, you know, we and do. that's good that we can have it the way it's like old Burger King yeah. used to say, "Have the it Burger your King way." Is good. Yeah, that's right. That's our idiot. Well, do you have any puppies there now? Since Tootie, she's getting to be an I, old dog. She's two, isn't she? Two. Yeah, she's two years <laughs> old. Two and a half. She's getting old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Steve, I don't want to. I don't want a whole lot of people to know this. Uh oh. But. Buddy over on the Randy Smith hunting black dog. Yeah, he's kind of rubbed off on me a little bit. Well, so I wasn't going to bring pen, that up. In my but. pen, <laughs> in my pen, right behind me is a three-month-old puppy that's black. <laughs> black. <laughs> oh, they're pretty. <laughs> They'll get close to you. You know, the black ones are pretty. <laughs> well, I got my next project is going to be this black puppy back here. Well, yes. I think you'll probably have more help out of Randy because he likes oh, yeah. the black ones so well. He, he does, but he, he, he'll like anything that'll treat coons right. I found yeah. that out. Yeah. Yes, he'll give credit where credit is due. Well, we'll get yep. him on there so we don't blow his head yes. up too big. Oh, yeah. But I'll I tell you, he's a, <laughs> he is a coon hunter, and he always shows up with a coon dog. And uh, Randy likes them when you're there uh, waiting or sitting along the trails there. He's coming by in a hurry, and he's going yonder to his dog back in there somewhere. And he's going to come back. Yeah. When he comes back, he's probably going to have two or three uh, laying on, <laughs> uh, strung up on the dog box. Uh, but yeah, he's sir. a coon hunter for sure and yeah. a great, great well, guy. Yeah. Well, when it gets uh, when it starts getting dark, he and I will check the oil again tonight. Mm-hmm. I've got a I, I've got a pretty good place right here in in Jones, about the city limits of baseball. That's private property. It's right up to deer season, and uh, it's got lock gates. But I got keys, and that's where we're hunting tonight. You fellows are blessed to have that good hunting I, I there. I know, and I actually. I Except for the, as you said, the camaraderie of it all and all, you mm. probably got as good a hunting as the mm. White River. Just r- we, right in there. some places we do. Mm-hmm. It's just not big enough to hunt a pack of dogs. Right. Uh, yeah. I've got I've got eight hundred acres. I can't hunt it now that deer season, bow season started, but the rest of the time I can. 
it's just patches of hardwood and weed fields scattered. But you might have to have a four-wheeler to ride around and get around mm-hmm. your dogs in there. You can't really carry mm-hmm. a cast in there. Be too much walking. Well, but, uh, I noticed you, that there's been a, a change across the board, and I know you have one. You'll see where I'm mm-hmm. going with this here in a minute. Uh, to go to the side-by-sides instead of four-wheelers. Of course, if you've got somebody to hunt with and all. But but you and Randy both and uh, hunt off of four-wheelers. Why do, you, right. why do you prefer a four-wheeler? I know you have a side-by-side as well. I got I got both, but my four-wheeler is easier to get around. It's just a lot easier to get around on that four-wheeler. Uh, some of the roads over there where we placed we hunted and got so bad that if a side by side, you'll about stay stuck in them a lot. So, but don't get me wrong. Now I spent thirty, forty five minutes winching out night before last, <laughs> and when I got winched out and went to find Randy, he was winding his winch back up. So, <laughs> so well, you can't. Some of these woods, uh, my buddy's woods, I can ride through them. Uh, I got permission on two, two different places of private woods to ride through the woods. And you really can't do a side-by-side as you, well as you can these four-wheelers. Right. Well, mine yep. wasn't running last year. I yep. had to leave it parked at camp. But uh, I think I've got to percolate got it this, All this right. year. Right. And I enjoy riding a four-wheeler, too. I mean, yep. it's just something. It's just part of it, part of what I it enjoy. Is you know about and like you say you can get through those narrow spaces i know one year jamie perrin our buddy there from alabama Mm -hmm. uh loaned nubbin and me his polaris and he had one of the big ones with had uh, four tires on the back and and two in the front and that was a cadillac to ride around in but man you couldn't get it through some of those trees uh, on those right. trails, especially where they've washed out and they've cut new trails around and so forth, and you, it's almost like uh, running a slalom course on a ski slope, getting around through that right. stuff. But, yeah. but that's all part of the fun of going over there and and each year, and and man, it's fun. Uh, I talked to my wife about. I said I'd, I'd like to buy side by side, but my goodness, I only use it five, six days out of the year. Uh, I don't have anywhere down here to ride one. Mm. Uh, yes. You know that we're all tied up in cattle lease, uh, deer leases, yes. and, and ranches and stuff down here. It's mm. it's virtually impossible to find a place to hunt unless you go on state land, and then a lot of those won't let you ride four wheel or ATVs. Yeah. You know, so. Some places you can't can't ride on them. Yes, sir. It is. That's right. It's serious. Well, I guess we're going to head to the White River the weekend, a week after Thanksgiving, like we usually do. I yes, think sir. that's a plan, isn't it? As far as I know, we're, we should show up on a Monday after Thanksgiving. Uh, I talked to the man there, and I talked to him. I leave him messages, but he don't call me back as often. But right. I got a text message last week from him. Said, "Can I call you?" And I texted him back, "Yes, anytime." And I've not heard from him since. But I left him a message, said, if I don't hear from you, that we're going to show up to, we will show up on a Monday following Thanksgiving. Right. And uh, so I guess that's going to be our plan, uh, unless I hear something different. Because when I did tell it, talk to him, I told him I had friends that was traveling so far that we needed to know ahead because, you know, for the last minute things. 
Sure. So, well, I get a lot of requests from people saying, I just had one this week, uh, saying, where, yeah. where do you stay and that, you know, at, at the White River Refuge? Because yes. the nearest thing we can find is a, an hour away. And what I would advise people to do, where we stay is a duck lodge, but it's we're kind of sandwiched in there between the two seasons. And I think that, you know, that we get pretty much like the only spot that's available there for that particular place. But I would suggest that people contact some of the duck lodges. You know, that's big yes. duck hunting country in there. And there's another there's another duck lodge uh, down from us a little ways and across the road that I think would be available okay. between the duck seasons. Well, that we yes. stay in St. Charles, Arkansas, yes. so I can just... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, maybe suggest if you're listening to uh, try to contact some of those available places. There is a campground there across the road from us. Uh, that's where Murray Reagan we mentioned earlier. He yeah, brings his yeah. camper in there, and and that makes a real nice setup if you've got a camper. Right. But, um, anyway, the old White River Refuge, uh, it belongs to all of us. Uh, I've had criticism over the years by talk uh, for talking about it, and and some maybe the locals think, well, I shouldn't be yeah. telling people all over the country about this thing. But you know, it's a lot of land there, a hundred and sixty thousand acres, and yep. uh, you know, I just believe that everybody ought to be able to experience that at least once. And it's not everybody's cup of tea. Our buddy Mark Miller was out last year. He said, I'm tired of waddling around in this mud. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he's a mountain boy from North Carolina, yeah. you know. But yep. anyway. Not the thing. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, Morris, we've been at this an hour. I have taken an Ooh, hour of am. your Ooh, life I that you yeah. An hour that you'll never get back. <laughs> That's okay. I, I've spent a bunch of them. I've spent a bunch. I'm sitting out on the front porch of my hunting shack, my hunting shed behind my house. Okay. And it's cool in the shade, so it's okay. Well, yeah. you got a great place there out yeah. in the country. I love it. It's 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 so comfortable and 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 uh, appreciate is. all that you've done for me and my buddy Nubbin. You've mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. D- done a lot to help us along the way, and I appreciate you, brother. And I appreciate you taking the time with me today. And uh, you're welcome. We'll welcome. be yes, looking sir. at about a little, just a little under two months away. We'll be two months. Yes, sir. we'll be eating crappie yeah. and and hush puppies. I hope. Yeah, there you go. But I will be. We'll be in contact before that anyway oh yeah oh absolutely absolutely well morris hardy from sardis Mm -hmm. mississippi has been our guest today on the gone to the dogs podcast Uh, i know that you enjoy it as much as i enjoy seeing morris every year and that will be coming up pretty soon folks i want to remind you if you need anything in the way of dog supplies uh, there's a lot of good vendors out there. Support your local vendor by, for sure. And also my good friends out at W Hunting Supply, dusupply.com, make this podcast possible. I hope that you'll uh, check them out and they'll treat you right for sure. 
Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week on the Gone to the Dogs podcast. If someone asks you, where's Steve Fielder these days? Say, well, get over there maybe and check around Kansas Lake or Indian Bayou or somewhere there. He's with that old swamp rat, Morris Hardy, and they've gone to the dogs. We'll see you, Morris. Take care, brother. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Take care, my friend. You bet. Bye-bye.